My name is Robert Stone. I'm a private eye, and I'm good at finding things. Really good. Along with my partner Sticks, we find things that want to remain hidden, like car keys, lost pets, unfaithful spouses, and homicidal maniacs. Not always, in that order. We are detectives for hire in the sprawling metropolis called Freedom City. Here in our case files, you will find magic, monsters, mystery, and mayhem. Magic Mysteries, featuring the voice talents of Jason Allen, Corey Teitzma, Kevin Meese, Jonathan Hutchinson, Melissa Baldwin, and Sean Cashman. The Case of the Ghost and the Rubber Chicken It was a dark and stormy night, the kind of night where a sane person sits at home, cozied up with a blanket in front of the fireplace, sipping hot chocolate and getting lost in a good book. At least that's what I would like to be doing. Instead, Styx and I were at the office taking care of and filing our paperwork. And by taking care of, I mean folding them into airplanes. And by filing, I mean taking turns throwing them into that hole in the wall. Technically, we aren't really sure where that hole goes. The former tenants, Dick and Jane, were accountants, and they left things in a bit of a mess. The mirrors sometimes drip blood. There's a pattern on the carpet that periodically rearranges itself to form swear words, and the hole does not actually connect to the other side of the wall, but to a gaping maw of darkness. We tend to toss boring or otherwise incriminating documents into it, and we never see them again. Right now, a pile of crumpled planes had been growing on the floor just underneath it. Score! I got another. That's five for me and four for you. This is a close one, folks. Can our plucky hero make a selling comeback? Oh, he choke and suffer humiliating defeat. What do you mean defeat, Sticks? I am the playing master. Observe. And now we're tied. Eh, yeah, lucky shot. The rain beat a steady drum on the windows, and the regular rumble of thunder almost made us miss the knock at the door. Could you get that? Who could be knocking at our chamber door? Tis the wind and nothing more. That's the hallway door. If it's wind, it's really persistent. Never mind, I'll get it. Good evening. Are you the detectives? We are. I'm Stone. This is my partner, Sticks. Please, come inside. Ma'am, you're shivering. Can I get you some hot coffee or tea? Thank you, but I must decline. I have an urgent problem and I am in need of your help. It must be important to bring you out on a night like this. Indeed, it is. I'm afraid the matter cannot wait until morning. Please, uh, sit down. Tell us about it. Can I take your coat, uh, miss? Her. Emily Her. I'll get straight to the point. I need you to find my brother. Missing siblings are our specialty. What's his name? Donald. How long has he been gone? About two weeks now. That's quite a while to be missing. Do you have any idea where he might be? Or who he might be with? Well, there's a slight hitch. Here, let me show you. That's a newspaper. This is from two weeks ago. Look on page seven. These are the obituaries. And let's see here. Donald Hurst, age 54, owner of the Black Raven Haunted Mansion and Joke Shop, passed away this weekend. Terence Hurst, brother of the deceased, discovered the tattered remains of his brother's clothing in a crocodile pit upon opening the mansion early Monday. Nobody has seen Donald since prior Friday. Authorities believe Mr. Hurst was eaten by one of the mansion's many deadly animal occupants? A closed casket funeral will be held Thursday. So, your brother is dead? It does appear that way. 
My brothers are both eccentric. They kept a lot of dangerous animals in their home, but they were always very careful and trained them well. I want to know what really happened to him. Did the police find anything suspicious? No. They believe Terence's story, even though he stands to benefit the most from this. He and Donald co-owned the Black Raven Haunted Mansion and Joke Shop. They started it together. In public, they appear to be the best of friends. But in private? In private, they don't talk much. In truth, they don't really like one another. Terence ran the marketing and business side, while Donald handled the daily operations. Donald loved the joke shop, whereas Terence wanted more of the horror element. They always argued over it, and over the years that arguing has become worse and worse. Do you suspect foul play? I don't know. I just... Well, this is gonna sound silly. I like silly. Lay it on me. Well, the haunted mansion has been closed for the week after Donald's funeral. It only just opened up again. Have you ever been in one? I'm assuming you mean one of those places with plastic bats hanging from the ceiling, fake skeletons poking out of the walls, and actors in bloody makeup jumping out from around the corners with knives trying to scare you, right? That's it. Well, there's usually a sound system playing with thunder and lightning, moaning, witches' cackles, and that sort of thing. Ah, mood music. Well, underneath all of the random scary sounds, I swear that I could hear Donald's voice calling for help. It's probably just part of the recording. He did own the place, after all. No, that's not possible. Donald didn't get involved in the scary stuff. He was, how would you say, a bit of a fraidy cat. He jumped at his own shadow. He ran the joke shop and helped care for some of the animals, but he stayed out of the haunted side of the mansion. Also, I've never heard his voice in the sound recordings before. Do you think it could be his ghost? Maybe. They never found his body. I think something else may have happened. I fear something dreadful. I'd say that's a pretty far-fetched theory. Have you told anyone else? Just you two. So you come here during the worst storming years to hire us to find out what really happened to your missing brother, who was supposedly killed two weeks ago by a ravenous crocodile? That about sums it up. Hmm, sounds like fun. We can take a look first thing in the morning. No! You have to come tonight. Tonight? In this weather? There's a party tonight elsewhere, and the house is closed. You could search the mansion without attracting unwanted attention. It's the perfect time. You would have a complete run of the place. I don't know. I don't have much in the way of money, but you can have this pendant. Please, you are my only hope. Is that gold? I believe so, yes. We'll get our umbrellas. Rest assured, we'll get to the bottom of this mystery. Thank you so much. We took a steam car to East Elm Street. Emily was silent during the trip. She looked pale and distracted. Her eyes had those dark circles that suggested she hadn't gotten much sleep lately. She clutched her shawl close and shivered from the cold. Sticks, in the meantime, was digging through a bag of odd instruments, and the silence left me alone with my thoughts, which were as dark as the streets around us. My instincts were screaming. Something wasn't right about this whole story. Did Terence Hearth really kill his brother and use the crocodile as a scapegoat? How was Emily able to hear her brother's voice through a din of monstrous screams and organ music? Are we chasing ghosts? Why do we agree to accompany a young lady to a haunted mansion in the middle of the night during one of the worst storms to assault our city in years? 
it felt more like a bad dream or one of those stories you hear around a campfire where people in more comfortable surroundings question the foolishness of the main characters. Were we about to walk into a trap? Would our tale tonight be a warning for others about accepting odd jobs from mysterious women during storms? What would we find in the haunted halls of the ancient house turned scary amusement ride? There were too many questions and not enough backstory. Through the thick curtains of rain, Black Raven Haunted Mansion and Joke Shop slowly loomed into view. The five-story mansion reared its artificially ancient head menacingly in the flickering streetlights. It was a dark shadow in an even darker night. Well, here we are. Crikey, that place gives me the creeps. You sure you want to stop here? Yeah, we're doing a midnight sleepover. Want to join us? No, thank you. Bad enough I got to work tonight. But I'd rather be safe enjoying me cab. I don't imagine you'll be doing much sleeping. Just call me if you need a ride. I'm afraid I don't have any money with me. Don't worry about it. I've got the fare. Thank you, sirs. Miss, good night. I love the gargoyles. They really match the vases of dead rose bushes. Place looks closed. Let's try the doorbell. Ah! Nice. Panicky, but not too hysterical. My brother always left a spare key in the cup under the second tombstone there. That seems a bit too out in the open. Wasn't he afraid someone would find it? How many people do you know would stick their hands in a cup sitting on top of a grave? Point taken. Ah, here it is right here. Sticks? The door is already open. I know, but the doorbell's so much fun. After you, Miss Emily. No, I'm sorry. I have to be at the party. I'm already quite late. I see. So we're on our own? I'm afraid so. Yeah, will you cut that out? Good luck. But the cab already left, and she's gone. Well, buddy, it's just you, me, a creepy house full of ghosts, and a pack of dangerous animals that have probably killed one guy already. Just another Tuesday. Okay, so shall we do the stupid thing and split up so we can scare ourselves silly? I don't see why not. We'll do more damage that way. Let's do this. Welcome, honored guests, to Black Raven Manor. On behalf of my master, I am so pleased you could join us this evening. I am Pennyworth, the butler. Well, that's nice. At least we get a recorded tour. If I may direct your attention to the fireplace, you'll see a portrait of Lord and Lady Blackraven, who built this mansion 500 years ago on top of an ancient goblin burial ground. I know you've probably heard some strange tales about this place. Well, I'm here to tell you that they are all true. A fun bit of trivia. On their first night here, the spirit of an ancient goblin shaman appeared before Lord Blackraven and uttered a curse on the Blackraven family. He said that all those who died here would be forced to haunt the halls of the manor for all eternity as ghostly spirits. Of course, that's just a silly ghost story. Please make yourself at home, but don't get too comfortable. The ghosts may decide that you should stay here forever. <laughs> Please, step into the parlor. Cute trick. Eyes on the portraits follow you no matter where you're standing. Hey, notice the brooch on the lady's neck in this portrait? Yes, it's the same one Emily offered us to find her brother. Must be a family heirloom. 
or a cheap novelty item sold in a joke shop. With the storm outside, I don't think anyone's going to hear us, but we might as well go ahead and follow the tour for now. Indubitably. I want to meet the mysterious master. Hmm. Seems the butler has been neglecting his cleaning duties. There are fake cobwebs on everything. Check the walls for secret doors. Honored guest, my master bids that you make yourselves at home. Please, have a seat at the table and I will prepare you some tea while we wait. Shall we? No, let's keep searching. Oh dear, it seems we shan't be having tea after all. I will have to speak to the groundskeeper. It appears the rats have gotten inside again. Please, make yourself at home, and I will go and tell the master you have arrived. Oh, and do watch out for the rats. They have an automatic feather duster wave under the chairs. I guess the shriek is to make sure someone is screened. Apart from some peeling wallpaper and a two-way mirror in which I see a mannequin behind it, I don't see anything in this room. Well, there are some spiders on strings moving around over there. Honored guests, thank you for your patience. My master is... tied up at the moment. But he looks forward to seeing you soon. In the meantime, he would like for me to give you a tour of the house. <laughs> this way, please. Ah, a creepy hallway. Ladies first. Age before beauty. Sanity after breakfast. Onward, brave detectives. As you can see, a number of other guests have taken up residence in the manor. Some are quite eccentric. <laughs> Did you hear that? Thunderbolts and lightning. Very, very frightening. No, the... the I must have imagined it. The library features an impressive collection of books and ancient trinkets collected from the five corners of the world. Observe the Kardashian sacrificial knife that literally drinks the blood of its victims. And the hunting drums of the eastern Kobayashi clan, which only sound when death is imminent. I rather like the floating books in the background. The headless cat is a nice touch. Next room, please. Along this hallway, you will see the portraits of the Black Raven family. Please move quickly. We have much to see, and it's best not to tarry here too long. Skeleton. Zombie. Vampire. Fishwoman. We have classic horror monster bingo here. Mummy. Ghost child. Werewolf. <laughs> Didn't expect a jump scare so soon. <laughs> Hey, don't put your guard down. This place is full of cheap- ah! Ah! Uh, you were saying? You distracted me. There it is again. I think Emily might be onto something. Here in the dining room, you can see that our chefs are working hard to prepare a culinary feast for dinner tonight. Ah, yield undead human corpse flambe. With a side order of twitching entrails. My favorite. You know, I kind of like this place. Let's try another room. The next hallway has some forced perspective tricks. Oh, never mind. It's a mirror maze. I guess the lights would be flickering if they were on. Our flashlights are sort of a destroying the mood. I think I found a door. <laughs> never mind. Maybe this one? <laughs> nope. 
Oh, third time is the charm. Ah, there you are. Please don't wander off. It's easy to get lost here. The aviary is host to a number of exotic plants and animals. Please don't get too close to the cages. It's almost feeding time, and some of the creatures here have a taste for human flesh. There are the cages for the real animals of the show. I guess they move them to another pen when the place is closed. Here's the alligator pit where they found Mr. Hearth. They left the police tape. Good move on their part. Makes the room even creepier. I hope you've enjoyed the tour so far. Is everyone still here? Is everyone still in one piece? Good. Our next trip will take... Storm's getting worse. I think it just knocked out the power. Aww. And I wanted to meet the mysterious master. We'll have to continue our search without the charming butler. This should make things easier. The next hall leads to stairs going up, but I see a service door over behind the giant rubber flytrap with fangs. You head upstairs. I'll check the employees only area. Okay. If you find anything, scream like a rabbit mongoose. What does that sound like? No idea, but I wanted to hear you try. Let's meet back at the entrance hall in about 30 minutes. I slowly crept up the stairs, which creaked loudly no matter how softly I stepped. The banister was carved wood, and a leering gargoyle peered at me every couple of feet. I could still hear the storm raging outside. Apart from my trusty lantern, the only other light came from lightning outside. No creepy recorded butler. No organ music. Just the sounds of an old house swaying in the wind and a steady patter of rain on the windows. Somehow, that was even scarier than the haunted show the guests normally receive. The first corridor loomed before me. I could feel my heartbeat thudding in my chest. Dark shapes with clawed hands stretched out from every corner. I rolled my will save. I guess I must have succeeded because my feet carried me deeper into this carnival of horrors. First room. Nothing but a giant stuffed three-headed wolf in a cage. Second room. Bats hanging from the ceiling. Check the walls. They were clean, relatively speaking. Found a vomit bucket in the corner. I rolled my constitution save. Third room. A clown with a hatchet greeted me at the door. Not even going in there. I just shut the door and moved on. Fourth room. A fancy bedroom. A large canopy bed stood on the far side of the room. I saw movement from behind the curtains. Slowly I stepped, inch by inch, over to the bed, and I thrust back the sheer fabric. Now I've observed some violent crime scenes in my time. This one was a work of art. The blood splatter, the severed heads, all of it aesthetically placed for maximum gross factor. Nicely done, but clearly fake. A real murder scene smells bad. All I could smell was some wood cleaner with a slight hint of lemon. I looked down the hall. Two more rooms to go. I opened the door to the next room, and a fancy old-fashioned grand piano stood in a corner, along with a few other instruments that probably played when the door opened. They sat silent and forlorn. Above me, suspended by black thin wires, were a bunch of ghostly dolls frozen mid-dance. Hello? Who's there? No response. I investigated every corner of the dance hall. If there was a secret door or hidden compartment here, I failed my search roll. That only left one final door in the upper hallway. This one looked different from the others. Instead of being made with hard wood full of ornate carvings, this door was stone. A sign in front of it read, Under construction, do not enter. I ignored the sign. The door swung easily at my touch, revealing a short corridor with a dusty floor. I stepped into the room and noticed hieroglyphic markings along the stone walls. They read, The Ant Dances Orange Sky with River Foot Dream. 
Whether this is one weird riddle or the markings intentionally made their sense, I'm not sure. My ancient runes might be a little rusty too. I was pondering the meaning of the words when... The floor gave out below me. I mean literally gave out. A trap door swung open right beneath my feet, and yet I didn't fall. Instead, I hovered over a black gaping maw of darkness as if floating. Neat trick. I must have triggered some sort of pressure sensor, and the floor must be some sort of glass. That would probably make the visitors scream. I may have screamed a little bit, but I generally succeeded at my will save. I walked the rest of the hall towards a large door above which hung a sign. It was a recent addition. The old sign, which read, Joke Shop, lay against the wall nearby. The new sign read, Mummy Room. The next chamber was a mess of two different worlds. Much of the joke shop was still there. There were shelves and displays of comedic artifacts. Invisible ink, joy buzzers, smoke bombs, air horns, hair and skin color sprays, fake tails, demons in a box, and a whole wall of rubber chickens. Leaning haphazardly against the walls and displays were several giant sarcophagi, some stacks of fake stone wall and bags of sand. Am not. I turned around and saw one of the sarcophagi shaking. It banged against a wall of rubber chickens. One of the chickens fell and rolled towards me coming to a stop by my foot. Six, the brave, approached the mysterious stone coffin and reached for the latch. With a quick swipe of his hand, he opened the sarcophagi and stared in horror at the wrapped skeleton grinning at him from within. The creature shuddered and its rotted jaw dropped open. At this point, Six reached into his reserve of courage and finding it emptier than a keg of ale at a dwarf party, our intrepid explorer shrieked like a little child and ran from the room as fast as his legs could carry him. He just reached the end of the hall when he heard the click of a gun. Freeze, dirtbag! A haunted house is like buying a watch from a street vendor. It sort of looks real, but you both know it's fake. It has to be. You get a cheap thrill, but always with the knowing wink that the world is as it should be. There are no actual ghosts, and you can't buy a real Elrix for less than 20 smackers. Black Raven is one of the best horror plays in Freedom City. It puts on a good show and changes things up fairly regularly in order to encourage repeat customers. I think they even offer season tickets for the true macabre aficionado. Walking through the employees only door, I was pushing back the curtain, tracing the strings back to the puppet master. This is where the real magic happened, and it was underwhelming. Behind the walls of peeling wallpaper and dripping blood, I found an unadorned and rather dull corridor. It was like pulling back the magician's sleeves to find his hidden cards and discovering the magician had scrawny arms and poor hygiene. The passage had windows set in regular intervals, allowing you to see into the different horror rooms. There were a bunch of water pipes and some machinery, an office, a supply closet, and a smaller room in which I could see several wild animals sleeping in cages. I went into the animal room. The creatures inside stirred upon my entrance, but only the gremlin seemed genuinely interested in me. It stopped picking its nose. On the wall, I discovered a feeding schedule with instructions on the amount of food for each meal and the type of food for each animal. The calendar went back several weeks. The crocodile was crossed off the list last week, but had otherwise been fed regularly if this was correct. Interesting. The crocodile was fed once a week, and its last meal was two days before consuming dear departed Donald. I hung the feeding schedule back on the wall. There were five cages in all, a tarantula, a large snake of some sort, a doleful looking wolf, and a gremlin that had returned to picking its nose. The last cage was labeled crocodile and was empty. I left as quietly as I could. The office had even less to offer with repair orders, plans for a new exhibit on mummies, equipment, food supplies, and other mundane administrative stuff. 
Of interest to me, however, was a folder on the employees. I discovered that Black Raven has a staff of 14. I skimmed through the files, but none of the names or profiles jumped out at me. I moved on to the supply room. It looked like a mad doctor's workshop with shelves of body parts and bottles of fake blood. One of the blood bottles was half empty. There was also a respectable supply of mops, cleaning fluids, and other maintenance equipment. Everything appeared to be in order. Nothing seemed out of place. I returned to the office when it happened. Who's there? The noise seemed to be coming from one of the air vents. I found a screwdriver in the supply room and opened a grate. I shone my flashlight up the vent and caught movement. Something was falling towards me. It was a rubber chicken. I picked it up and felt something wet. Turning the chicken over, I noticed there was blood. Fresh blood on the bomb that formed letters. My hands had slightly smeared it, but I could still read the word. Help. Don't move! Yeah, don't do that! I'm Officer Knotts. Put the weapon down, slowly. It's just a rubber chicken. Don't you try anything funny. I honestly think it's too late for that. Nip it. Now you just come with me and don't make any sudden moves. Fine. Let's go. Hi. Welcome to the party. I found this one up in the office. Up to no good, I suspect. Robert, you'd better have a very good explanation. I've been talking with sticks. That was your first mistake. And he isn't making a lick of sense. Just some sort of mumbo-jumbo about a ghost and a mummy. I'm about to arrest you both for trespassing. And you should. Evening, Chief. I take it you, sir, are Terence Hearth? Correct. And who are you? Robert Stone, private investigator. This is my partner, Styx. Hello. I didn't hire any detectives. Why did you break into my house? Technically, we didn't break in. We used the spare key hidden on the tombstone beside the front doors. Regardless, I demand that you arrest these men, Chief. Not just yet. We are here to stop a death. Wait, wait. I thought we were here because of a death. You two better start talking straight real quick. I can, but first we need to visit the joke shop. You broke into my mansion to steal a joy buzzer? No, but if you're throwing them out, can I have some? Robert, they're closing the joke shop. Are you really? Yes. We're remodeling the old shop so it can become our mummy wing of the mansion. The joke shop was never very profitable, and with my brother gone, I see no reason to keep it. Oh, they've got these giant stone coffins. Sarcophagi? Bless you. And Robert, one of them has a live mummy in it. It leapt out to attack me. Sticks, a live mummy? That's a contradiction in terms. Why do we need to see the joke shop? You'll see. Let's go. Mr. Hearth, tell me. How did you know we were here? I thought you were at a party. It's Tuesday. Of course I wasn't at a party. I was at home in bed when the storm knocked out the power. I came over here to check on the mansion when I found the front door open and wet footprints all over the entrance hall. So naturally, I called the police. Chief Buggins, why are we humoring these two hoodlums? I'm wondering the same thing. Trust me on this. If we don't go to the joke shop, someone is likely to die, and very soon. Who? Mr. Hearth, what is your relationship like with your brother? What are you going on about? My brother is dead. Are the two of you on good terms? Are there any major disagreements between you? I don't know what you're insinuating. My brother and I were on good working terms with each other. Of course, we disagreed over the joke shop, but my brother owned half the building and it was his dream. 
you had no problems dismantling his dream now that he's gone. I see no reason to be sentimental over plastic fangs and farting balloons. I love my brother, but the joke shop ruins the aesthetic I'm trying to create with my haunted house show. It was a cheap laugh amongst a menagerie of terror. Exactly. I don't consider its removal a loss of his legacy. It's just, well, I create art. I create an emotional experience that tingles the senses and strokes the natural fears that hide within us all. My brother, well, he liked to make people laugh. Sweet jumpin' jalopy! Ha! Huh? Like that, do you? The floor drops away when it registers a certain weight. How do we remain floating in the air like this? We aren't floating. There's a thin, reinforced glass holding us up. Very clever, Mr. Hurth. I just about had a coronary. Warn me if something like that is going to happen. Wait till you see the mummy. There it is! Is this the living mummy that jumped out to attack you? It was a lot more mobile earlier. Mr. Hearth, how long have these sarcophagi been in here? Uh, a couple of weeks. I got them the day before Donald's funeral. Rubber chickens. Sticks, help me move this away from the wall. It's gotta be here. So where is it? Where is what? Aha! A secret door? What is this? Who? Who, who is that? Why, Terrence? Surprise! Donald? Sticks. How is Donald? Well, he's breathing, for one. He's probably dehydrated and starving. He's been locked in here for about two weeks now, and I'm betting his food ran out a while back. Quick, Officer Knotts, go fetch a medic. Yes, sir! What about his brother? Yeah, he fainted. Some great master of horror, that one. Robert. I thought you said you were going to explain things. All I have now are more questions. Let's wake up Terrence. Do we have any smelling salts? I've got the next best thing. Hey, Chicken Bean, wake up! Ah, oh, oh, I just had the worst dream. I was wandering through the haunted mansion, and my dead brother emerged from a hole in the wall. And there were these two detectives, and... And I'm not dreaming, am I? No, Mr. Hearth, you're not. Then, my brother? He's alive. A doctor will be here shortly. In the meantime, let's move him someplace more comfortable than the floor. There's a couch in the dance hall next door. I think that'll do fine. <sighs> Looks like he's coming around. Donald! Donald! Can you hear me? <sighs> I got you. I got you good. Donald, I don't understand. I think I can explain. You see, Mr. Hearth, your brother likes to play practical jokes, doesn't he? All the bloody time. Well, this time, he decided to play the big one. He faked his own death. Impossible. We checked and the bones we found in the alligator pit were real. Naturally, they're real. I noticed in the supply room several open boxes from local medical schools. I imagine real bones are actually cheaper than the fake ones. Of course. And they look more authentic. He tossed the bones in with a spare outfit and used some of the pig's blood also from the supply room. I get it. He used a secret closet in the joke shop to hide. Then, on the day of the funeral, he would sneak out and get into his empty coffin. He'd wait until the right moment and then, boom! Surprise! I'm alive. Donald, is this true? Yeah, that was... that was a plan. But I... Unbeknownst to Donald, you had blocked the secret door when you placed the heavy mummy case on it. I got trapped. The door wouldn't open. I yelled. And yelled for help, but no one could hear me. Over the sound recording, the music. 
I thought I was part of the show. The sarcophagi I bought for the new mummy exhibit had trapped you? If I'd known, I, I, I'm so sorry. Please, please forgive me. I would never hurt you. Why did it have to be mummies? Well, I've always wanted a mummy room. I guess I'll just have to ship them back to storage. Until I die for real, you mean? How did you survive? You wouldn't have kept that much food. There was some fake blood containers in the closet. That stuff's edible, even if it tastes terrible. I also wrote notes and threw them into the air vents. I found one of them. But why, Donald? Why? <laughs> it would have been a great laugh. Imagine me jumping out of my own empty coffin with everyone wanting my death. <laughs> I thought you would have liked it since you enjoy scary stuff. <laughs> I liked scaring other people. I'm not fond of being scared myself. I think it would have been brilliant. Thank you. I, I don't know what to say. Thank you. If you hadn't come here tonight, who knows if we would ever have found my brother. How did you know? That he wasn't really dead? That was easy. I checked the feeding schedule for the animals. The crocodile was fed every week. Crocodiles have slow metabolisms, and they won't eat if you tried to feed them too often. He was fed a few days before Donald disappeared. Then I found Donald's note in the air vent. I realized the blood was fake, which meant either someone was playing a prank, or the fake blood was all they had left to write with. The rubber chicken indicated it had come from the joke shop. I was hoping someone would find him and put two and two together. That still doesn't explain why you came here tonight. We were hired. Not by me, you weren't. Who do I need to thank for finding me? Emily. Who? Your sister. Emily. She's the one that suspected something was odd and sent us to investigate. She showed us where the spare key was hidden. How dare you! That's not even remotely funny. I don't understand. What's the problem? Yeah. Our older sister, Emily. Died 30 years ago. I swear to you, the young lady who hired us said her name was Emily and that she was your sister. I assume she was younger. Maybe it was someone pretending to be her. You have a picture of her in your office on your desk. There is a picture of Emily on my desk, but she couldn't have hired you. Maybe she's really alive, kind of like you were. That would be impossible. You see, 30 years ago, our sister Emily was riding in a steam carriage. She was on her way to a party. It was raining hard. The carriage lost control and went into a deep ravine. There were no survivors. I remember. We buried her with our mother's necklace. She looked so peaceful. The ambulance is here, Chief. Right. Let's get these two to the hospital. I'll have Officer Knotts take you two home. To our office, please. Ugh, what a night. I guess we can file this trespassing ticket since the Hearths graciously decided not to press charges against us and kindly offered to pay our service fee. Hey, Robert. What sticks? Do you think we saw an actual ghost tonight? I don't know. Most likely it was an employee playing dress-up. I guess that makes sense. What was that? Something fell out of our filing hole. That's impossible. Nothing ever comes out of the filing hole. Well, this did. It's a package. Should I open it? Well, why not? This has been a strange night. It's a... it's a necklace with a green gemstone. If we gave that back to the horse, 
They will want to know how we got it. It would be tricky to explain. I say we just put that in the case drawers. I agree. May I make a suggestion? Go ahead. I say we move the case drawers in front of that hole. Yes. Let's. Thus ends the case of the ghost and the rubber chicken. Donald and Terrence are both alive and well and running the haunted mansion and joke shop. From what I understand, they've renovated a new wing to add the mummy section and have expanded the joke shop to include magic tricks and trinkets. Business is booming. As for Emily, well, she's still dead as far as I know. We've blocked the hole in the wall with our case drawers, and now we dispose of our paperwork the old-fashioned way, with a shredder and a fireplace. <laughs>